Welcome, folks, to the Ronin Rabbit, a Usagi Ojimbo fan podcast. I'm your host, Ed Moore. This is episode 53. Spoilers are ahead, so be warned as we talk about Usagi Ojimbo Volume 1, Issue 38, cover dated March 1993, which makes it, what, 22 years ago? From Fantagraphics Books, entitled, the story I'm going to look at is entitled The Last Eno Story. Now, if you feel inclined to leave feedback, you can do so via email at usagipodcast.gmail.com. I post the episodes of The Ronin Rabbit on the Usagi Ojimbo Dojo Facebook page. Thank you, Steve. The Ronin Rabbit has a page on Google+. The website is bigtimenoise.com slash Rabbit. Ronin Rabbit is available on the reader feed, which is part of, as is the bigtimenoise.com website. The Comic Book Noise Network, which is part of the Deliberate Noise Network. Now, our protagonist, Usagi Ojimbo, of course, appears in the story, as does his constant companion as of the past five stories or so, Genosuke Murakami. In this story, we run up on Sato Ino for the first time in quite a while, hence the name of the story, and we're introduced to Fujiko. And as we open, Usagi and Gen are walking a mountain path, and it is a path that is cut into the side of the mountain, with the sheer cliff face on one side going down, the sheer cliff face on the other side going up, and the path winding along the side of the mountain. You know, the kind of paths ripe for ambush. Well, as they're proceeding down the path, Gen spies an owl, hooting, flying around in the sky up above. And he says, look, an owl, the worst omen of bad luck there is, especially this early in the evening. And its cry is a premonition of death. Usagi responds, an owl? I didn't think you believed in omens and portents again. He replies, I don't, but that doesn't mean I'd ignore them, especially when we're traveling on a ledge as narrow as this one. Maybe we should turn back. No, Usagi said, uh, I think we're okay. Besides, this was your idea to take this shortcut. And Gen says, well, yeah, but, you know, when did you start listening to me? And they go back and forth and back and forth. And as they're proceeding down the path, we see that up above them, sure enough, is a group of brigands waiting to ambush those passing below. They get to the appropriate point in the ambush route, they being... Usagi and Gen, and sure enough, the brigands attack via arrows, firing down at them. Usagi and Gen hide by hugging up against the mountain as the, the top of the mountain overhangs, and so directly beneath that is not visible. So they're out of sight for the time being. They attempt to go one way back, and they're stopped by arrows. They attempt to proceed forward, and they're stopped by arrows. So they're caught in this little island of unseen in the path with these brigands above them with arrows. So Usagi decides, well, nor right nor left. We can't go down because the cliff face is too steep. So I guess that just means up. So Gen and Usagi roll up their sleeves and ascend hand over foot the side of the mountain. Gaining ever closer to the brigand left as the others of his group go to rest to 
stay lookout and alert the rest, fire arrows to keep these rich-looking travelers at bay. Gen and Usagi uh, reach the cliff, kill this guard, and actually, over the next several panels, kill all the rest of the brigands. Again, as they're, or not again, but as they're fighting, the owl seen earlier comes and lights on a branch and watches. Flap, 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 it comes in, and then, hoo, hoo, it says, drawing the attention of Gen, who yells, You again! So your presage of death came true. Now go away and leave us in peace. And the owl says, <laughs> And Gen and Usagi just kind of look at each other. Later on that day, as they continue traveling, they are now on top of the mountain, find a glade, see at the other side of the glade is a hut, just as it starts to rain. Rushing to the hut to get out of the foul weather, as they jump up on the porch, they're attacked by a young lady wielding a samurai sword, taking swipes at Gen and Usagi, missing both. She's not very good with the sword. As Gen prepares to draw an attack back, Usagi stops him, and tells him, look, look what we have. She's scared, barely more than a child, inexperienced with the sword. But she maintains holding the sword down, level with them, pointing, telling them to stay away. Leave us alone. If you come any closer, I'll kill you. And Usagi tries to talk her down. She has none of it. She says, stay back, please. Gen says, I'm freezing out here. Just take the sword away from her and let's build a fire. I don't want to spend a night out in the cold. She says, I knew you were trying to trick me in attacks, at which point <laughs> Usagi grabs the sword in her hand and, and basically pimp slaps her. <laughs> Pretty funny, knocking her down. Then they go inside. She has crawled inside and they address her, uh, again, trying to talk her down. We're not, you know, Usagi tells her we're not wanting to do anything. We're not going to harm anybody. We're just trying to get out of the rain. And they find that the reason she's acting this way is because she's trying to protect someone. Her husband, who is huddled over here in the corner, uh, ill, apparently. Gen stokes the fire, and then when he joins Usagi, they both go to where she is, and they see that the person that she is trying to protect with her very life is Satoina. And, uh, you know, they quickly come, come to their senses, try not to give anything away, and... Uh, they attend to him. He's burning with fever. Usagi gives him the once-over and finds out that he's been shot with an arrow. And apparently part of the arrowhead is still in there. So he and Gen uh, start to administer some first aid. Usagi digs out the arrowhead while Gen uses afterwards gives him a sword that he in turn gave to, we now know her name is Fujiko, uh, to keep her mind focused on something. She's heating the sword. Cherry, cherry hot. Gen goes and gets it, and they apply the sword to the wound that Usagi created in digging out the arrow tip to close it, cauterize it, hopefully prevent it from getting infected. All the while, of course, while Usagi's operating, Gen is trying to keep the body still, wiggling around, moaning and groaning and exclaiming, things of that nature. Finally, they're finished. Everybody kind of takes a break and rests. Uh, Usagi then, you know, motions again, hey, let's step out here on the porch and talk, and asks him, what the heck? Because the last he heard was from Gen, and that was that Eno was dead. Dead. <laughs> and Eno says, well, no, actually, I said he was shot. And Usagi says, it doesn't look like he's shot. And so Gen 
comes clean about how Eno saved him, and he in turn saved Eno there at the attack on the uh, Tamakuro Fortress from the Dragon Bellows storyline. Uh, so they, you know, they they reach an understanding here, and uh, Usagi digs at Gen for being, you know, kind of soft, and Gen resents that he doesn't want to be known as that. Way. You know, they go back and forth playfully. I sure hope in the next volume that these two guys travel together. That would really be cool. I'm I'm really getting to like Gen. Uh, as they're talking, Gen is distracted because he again hears this owl floating around in the darkness. Can't really see it, and he goes out there screaming at the owl into the rain okay that he went into the house to get out of but he runs out into the rain picks up a rock chucks it at the owl to drive it away which it does again stands there watches it fly away and then satisfied that it's gone goes back in the house having an owl around apparently really bugs the man it's not the last time in this story Uh, So they go inside and they see that uh, Fujiko is uh, very worried about, you know, uh, Usagi checks on him. They, you know, reshuffle a couple things, trying to make him comfortable. He's still not really appearing to take to the treatment. He he still seems to be suffering. So to take everybody's mind off of it, they, they, they sit aside and Usagi asks Fujiko uh, about herself. She says she comes from a, a small farming village daily routine, day in and day out, it never changes, which is a comfort to people like her and her village and Eno. They know what is coming the next day. They know what to expect. They know what to do to get through it. And at the end of the day, there they are, day after day after day. Usagi says, well, you know, in a, in a way, I, I kind of envy you. And she, of course, is, is uh, uh, flabbergasted. How, how could the life of a samurai ever not be better than my poor peasant's life? Um, so she goes on to tell the story. Uh, he asks, she mentions a pet, and he asks what happened to the pet. She tells him that at one point her village, uh, after Eno was taken in, was besieged, and in the attack that Eno's Tokagi spot was killed. There's a panel of feels here for Usagi, sadness. So she continues with her um, tale, and she says something here that interrupts the tale. Uh, Eno mumbles, you know, still not really starting to recover anything, still as bad off as he was when all this started. And she exclaims, Eno, please don't leave us alone in the world. And Gen and Usagi take notice, but they they continue to try to treat Eno. And then when they're done, they go back to Fujiko and ask her, you know, what did you mean by us? And she admits, well, uh, we're, we're expecting, I hope it's a boy, and though he would deny it, I believe that Eno hopes that it's a girl. So she's with child, she's with his child. Um, not having talked about it, she finally just comes out and asks him, will, will my husband die? And as soon as she says it, you can tell that Gen jumps up and says, no, you have my word on it. And Ugi, Ugi? Usagi is, is very taken aback by that. Again... Gen hears the owl outside, runs to chase off the owl, and in driving the owl away this time, the owl poops on him. So I'm not sure if that's a statement or, you know, what exactly uh, the owl was saying, but Gen comes back in, finds that Fujiko is asleep, 
Gen and Usagi fall asleep as well. In the morning, all of them are awakened by the sounds of a much higher level of consciousness, Eno. He's snoring, making mumbling sounds, talking to himself, you know, and everything. Usagi checks and says his fever's broken. He'll be all right. And Fujiko is very much pleased with that. She runs over and grabs Usagi in a big bear hug, although she's some small uh, little wayfish kind of, of creature, little rounded ears and a rounded nose like some sort of bear, maybe, you know, a more tender, cuddly kind of bear type, something like that, perhaps. Uh, Gen sees that the, the storm has broken, so he persuades Usagi to, you know, continue their voyage, uh, excuse me, journey. Uh, both of them aware that if Eno wakes up, he probably doesn't want to see them there, because everybody has kind of a an adversarial kind of thing, and there's, you know, there's no reason to get Eno mixed up in that. As they're walking, one final time, Gen sees the owl. He screams out, Your premonition of death didn't come true, owl, so get out of here. Go on, beat it. And the owl flies away. And then, off in the distance somewhere, not so that Gen and Usagi can see, but it is detailed for us, the owl sees a baby Tokagi running and dives down to attack it and is in turn attacked by an adult Tokagi, presumably the mother, who promptly kills and eats the owl. And then we see in the final, uh, let's see, several panels here, a couple pages, that uh, Ino comes to his senses, asks Fujiko what's been going on, sniffs and realizes that someone else has been there, and he recognizes who who the sense belong to, but he never says anything about it. He just asks... Where are they? Where's my sword? You know, what's going on? And she she assures him everything is okay. Uh, These two samurai were in the area. They came and they helped you. And when they saw that you were going to be okay, they just left. And, you know, you know, is very taken aback. Because, again, the last time he met up with these two, it was rather adversarial. Uh, Not to mention that he didn't have the uh, friendliest of relationships with either of those characters going into the Dragon Bellows um, storyline. Uh, Fujiko tells him before they left, they wished us a good fortune. And he says, they did. She says, yeah, you know, hope, hope, hopefully that'll be the case. We'll rest here and then we'll go home. And Yes, we'll go home and uh, everything. Da, 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 da. At the end of the story, um, Fujiko and Ino's take on the day is the same as Gen and Usagi's take on the day as far as the... It's a nice day, you know. Um for different reasons, but the same end result. So that is the last of the regular Usagi Fantagraphic issues. Next time out is the Usagi Yojimbo Color Special 1, cover dated November 1989 from Fantagraphics Books. The story that I'm going to look at, there were two in it. The story that I'm going to look at is entitled Tomoe's Story, and then there was a second story that had appeared way early on in Usagi in one of the anthropomorphic comics that Usagi got started in with um, uh, Fantagraphics. It's not Albedo. It was before Albedo. And uh, the name of the book just completely is escaping me. But the main story, the longer of the two stories, is Tomoe's story. That's what we'll cover next time. Talk to you guys then. The Ronin Rabbit Podcast is a Teal production. 
and as such, is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution, Non-Commercial, Non-Derivatives 3.0 Unported License.